We pray that as you listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. The Pope and a lawyer died and went to heaven. The Pope. And they went to the, the big gates, the beautiful gates, and Peter's standing there, and he said, okay, gentlemen, I'll show you your, your accommodation. So he takes, up, they take, he takes him in the car, takes him down to the Pope first, puts him in a small two-bedroom house in the end of a street, and then he takes a lawyer up to this big mansion, a beautiful big mansion, and, and the, the lawyer says, excuse me, uh, Peter, but I'm going to... I have a question to ask. What is it? He said, well, look, you gave the Pope a small house, and you've given me a big mansion. He says, I, I can't understand that. And Peter said, well, we have a few Popes in heaven. You're the first lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Any lawyers here tonight? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> anyway, uh, you enjoyed the last session? Yes. So... I'm going to do something different this time, and uh, what I want to talk about for a few minutes is how to serve Pastor Philip and Kelly. How to serve. Is that all right? He hasn't paid me to do this. I'm not doing it because I'm his uncle. By the way, we were talking big the last session. (laughs) We think big here. (laughs) I love, I love these small bottles because I don't know. My grandkids, I mean, you give them big bottles, they never finish them. And I hate them. I'm a Scotsman, remember. We're tight. We're very frugal. And I throw away half bottles of water, half a dozen every day. So I have started buying small bottles. Because if we really want another drink, we'll just get another bottle. But we don't have to throw any out, right? Praise God. How to serve Pastor Philip and Kelly. Because understand that they are the set pastors in the building. They are the set leaders for this church. And, uh, you know, people come to church because basically they like the pastor. Look, you'll get good music in any church or pretty good music in any church. But people don't come for the music. People don't come for the coffee. People come. We have 6,000 people come to Wave Church on a weekend because they like Pastor Steve Kelly's preaching. Obviously, you come to Heartsease because you like Pastor Phillips' preaching. And the truth is, that's, and when you understand that, there's no competition. Because, you know, when, when pastors realize that, then they can't, you know, there's thousands come to wave, but there's thousands won't come to wave. And that's how it should be. Because we, we don't want to have a monopoly. We shouldn't have a monopoly on it. There's lots of churches in, in Baton Rouge, and people, and people never come here. But there's hundreds and thousands of people I still are, I believe, are still to come here. Because Baton Rouge is a big place. And I believe we're, not scratch, we're only scratching the surface of people that need to come to church. So when you realize that, you're here because you like Pastor Steve's messages and preaching. And because of that, God has set him as a, as a set man in the building. 
And, uh, you know, and because of that, we need to learn how to honor our leaders. Now, as you build God's house, I've already said it, he'll build yours. So as we honor them, it'll trickle down to our teams. You understand that? So your team, if, if they're sitting listening, like say, say you're here tonight, you're a, you're a team, you're a team leader, your team's here. As you listen to this, you'll understand that that'll trickle down to your team and your team will honor you. And, and down the line it goes. And because there's a lot to say about honor and about how to stand behind your, your leaders. And if we catch that, it, it'll enhance the church and enhance our leadership and uh, get our team. Because all through history, great men and women have had someone behind them to encourage them. Moses had an Aaron. David had a Jonathan. Paul had a Silas. Andrew had a James. Even the, the Lone Ranger had Tonto. It's funny, but it's true. There's something about being together. There's someone back and coming up behind. You know, uh, you watch uh, um, Jimmy Fallon. You know, I don't know if you watch him or not. Maybe you're too religious down here. But I watch Jimmy Fallon, uh, uh, the, the monologue especially. And he's got the guy sitting over at the side. It shouts up. You know, uh, Jay Leno had his buddy. It would, it would work something with him. You know, the, the band leader. And, because they, they bounce off each other. And the truth is, we need somebody. And we need somebody to bounce, we can bounce off. And Pastor Steve and Kelly need somebody they can bounce off. Now, it, you know what I'm saying? That might not be you, but it'll be somebody. And the truth is, we cannot do this thing alone. What did I say? Yeah, well, that's ingrained in my mind. Pastor P. You know, Pastor Philip will need somebody as well. You know, just to, just to, along with Pastor Steve to, to help him. Because Jesus had 12 disciples. And then that 12 disciples, he had three that were closer to him than the twelve. And the truth is, if you're the, se- if you're the nine that weren't close to Jesus, or like if you were to a nine of the twelve disciples, you couldn't get offended because you're still the inner circle. And the truth is, there will be people that will be closer to Pastor Phil. And, uh, you know, and, and the truth is, that's okay because he can be friendly with everybody. He can be friendly, but he can be close, close with everybody. But, there are, you know, like, for instance, in my church, I'm Pastor Steve's best friend. I know my hat. I know my position. I'm on his staff. I work for him. But on our days off, I'm his buddy. We fish together. We ride our Harley Davidson's together. We golf together. And we do fun things together. Because, and you can't do that unless you've just got that connection. And the truth is, I, you know, I love him, and I love my pastor, and I'm there for him. I've been there for, since the day he arrived in Virginia Beach. And, it, and we need to be like that. And not only do we need to be like that with Pastor Phil and Kelly, but we need actually to do that with each other. We need to just understand we, we need each other to get through the, this thing that God has us to do. Because the pressure on our leaders is immense. And you as a team need to share the load with the senior pastors. Are you with me? You know, when, when Steve, Pastor Steve first came to Virginia Beach, we had 300 people 15 years ago. We had 300 people, and half of them were nuts. I'll just be honest with you. They were just, you know, because the previous pastor never, never led the people. He just preached, the, they, and they just never corrected, never led teams, never built teams. And uh, I was never there. I was an evangelist out all the time, and I only was there twice a year. That's when I spoke. But the truth is, there's no leadership. There's no teams. No, there's no infrastructure. So he had a church at one time at 2,500 people, but because of no infrastructure, it went back to 300 people. And like I said, half of them were crazy. So when Steve came along 15 years ago, he had to start dealing with the crazies. 
And it's tough. But I would be with him because I was one of the few guys there. And I would sit in the office with him as he dealt with the crazy people. And sometimes, I say crazy people. Some are crazy, but some are just misled, you know, and mishandled. So, but, but again, you come back to don't blame them. You train them, right? So, I was, so we met with them. And uh, we would submit, I would sit in the office together as a witness, to see, you know, just to make sure everything was fine and everything went well. And uh, the truth is, he would say to me, you're my sanity. Because he came from a small church in Australia called Hillsong. Yeah. I'm sure some of you maybe, know, maybe have heard of it, a small church. And, and uh, he was the second in command there for eight or nine years. And he landed in Virginia Beach with 300 people, half of who were either misled or nuts. And, uh, you know, we got rid of the nuts. And uh, because people can tell a lot about your church, not by the people only that come to it, but by the people who leave it. So if the nuts are leaving, it gets around town because the other nuts don't come. Because the truth is they have, a, they have this click, you know, that gets around. Don't go to wave church. They won't tolerate because we often tolerate what we should annihilate. Write that one down. That's a good one. That's not on my notes. I just came right out of my head there. It shocked me. We often tolerate what we should annihilate. And leaders don't tolerate. Now, don't get me wrong. We're not, we're not dictators. But we don't tolerate. We annihilate. If it has to be annihilated, we annihilate it. Right? But we don't, we don't kill people. We just lead people. But we, just, we cannot stand for stuff that has to be annihilated. We can't tolerate what should be killed to, to save the team and to save the church. Sometimes churches split up because somebody never annihilated what they, they tolerated what they should have annihilated. Are you with me? Now, if, I, if you remember anything else tonight, remember that. We tolerate what we should annihilate. And the truth is, you're better to cut it off. If, the Bible says if your hand offends, you cut it off. So the rest of the body will be saved. And so understand that. Sometimes you have to call the shots and be there for the pastor because he's going to deal with stuff. And Steve has dealt with stuff and... You know, it's just amazing. John Avanzini, a good friend of mine, said, What is precious to you will be precious to God. What is precious to you will be precious to God. If you hold your leaders precious, let me tell you something. God will bless you because they'll be precious to God too. Amen? And the question is, is Philip and Kelly precious to you? Amen. It doesn't matter how young you are. Or how new you are, we could all learn more. We could all learn more. You know the, the story in, 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 the, in the First Samuel 14, when Jonathan and the armor bearer, you know, they, they went to the Philistine garrison. And the truth is, Saul was hiding with his troops. And, and, and Jonathan ended up to this Philistine gathering, Philistine uh, outpost. And he said to his uh, armor bearer, and that's what we're talking about. We're armor bearers to Pastor Steve, to Pastor Phil, right? We're armor bearers. And, 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 and uh, Jonathan said to the armor bearer, let's go up and take this garrison. Perhaps, now listen, perhaps God will fight for us. They went on a perhaps. He said, he never promised them anything. He said, perhaps. Now listen, understand that the enemy had taken all the weapons from Israel so there was only one weapon between him, the two of them. There was a, Jonathan had a sword. That's all he had. And the, re, the armor bearer didn't have anything because the, the enemy will take away your weapons. They'll make sure you can't fight. They'll, you'll make sure you're toothless so you can't eat and you can't do something. You can't do anything. 
And the Bible says they went up and up perhaps. And, and I love what the armor bearer says. I am with you. Do what you, do what you want to do, Jonathan. I am, in verse 7, I am with you heart and soul. I am with you heart and soul. And if you're going to be a great leader, armor bearer in Heartsease Church, you have got to say in your mind to your, if, and say to Philip as well, we are with you, heart and soul. You can't be with you in speech. Look, anybody can talk. Talk's cheap. You can teach a parrot to talk. I love you. Yeah, parrot can, you know, but it, it, talk is cheap. But you've got to be able to say it. Can you say it within your heart? And then again, it's, it's like we're being honest here, right? We're being very honest with one another. Can we say, can you say to Philip and Kelly, we are with you, heart and soul? Because if you cannot, then you need to make it so you can. If you're going to stay on the team, you've got to come around to that point of view. Because if you're not, you, somehow down the line, you'll, you, you'll leave them and, and, you'll, and, and you'll cause a hurt. So here are several things. Do you get that tonight? And I'm not correcting now. I'm just sharing what, I'm, what, I, what I know is right. So here are several points, several things we can do to strengthen Philip and Kelly. Number one, love them. Now, this is very simple. This second session is very simple. And uh, I forgot, Philip. What time did you tell me to finish? 7.40, right. That's 15 minutes. Great. Because I've got 10 minutes of teaching. I'm just checking to see if you're listening, but you weren't. So... Love them. There is nothing like feeling the love of your staff or your volunteers. Because if even if you're called in the carpet, when you love someone, you'll listen to their correction. There's nothing like feeling the love of your staff. There's nothing like feeling the love for your pastor. For, or, or the pastor feeling, or you feeling the love of your pastor. So when you're called on, this, on the carpet for something, and, and some, just, you know, and always remember, when, if you're called into the office, or, or Pastor Philip talks to you and, and, and he disagrees, or corrects you, or disagrees with you, understand it's not a personal thing. You know, we're, we're talking about a church of a thousand people, right? That's what we're talking about tonight. We're getting you ready for a church of a thousand people. So it's not a mom and pop store. It's not mom said to the daughter, you're not going to do that. Mom said, I'm not going to do that. No, no. We're talking about a big church here. We're talking about down there. We're getting you ready for the thousand people. So if you're called on the carpet to be corrected, don't take it personally. Don't take it personally. I have a pastor friend that's been in several churches, five or six churches, and he's one of the best preachers or teachers you'll ever hear. But because he cannot handle somebody disagreeing with him, Whenever somebody disagrees, or the, the, the elders in the church disagree with him, and he leaves the church. But he, he goes to another church, but he takes this common denominator with him, which is him, you know. And he's there for the honeymoon period. And then the first time I, I, one of the leaders come up against him, or, or he's, he's confronted, he takes it personal, and he goes on another church. And you, he'll nev- he will never succeed until he deals with that. Never take it personally. If you're, if you're corrected, it's, not a, it's, a church, it's a corporate thing. It's a, a leadership style. We're corrected to make you better. You're corrected to, so you can be better than when you were in school. You never walked out of school because you got corrected by the teacher, did you? Because you couldn't. And the truth is, if you love Philip and Kelly, and they don't know I was going to share this. I had this all planned. And, but the truth is, I'm, I feel you need to hear it in love. And the truth is, you never walked out of school because you couldn't. 
you, the, the police would come after your parents and get you back into school. And the truth is, if you love Philip and Shelley, Kelly, man, I'm getting all the names right now. Philip, <laughs> Philip and his missus, you cannot, you cannot leave, you cannot leave here either. Not because there's a policeman trying to stop you, because you love them and you, you agree with what they're doing. So when, you're, when, when you come to that place of correction and you love them, even though you're corrected, you'll take your stand and say, yep, I'm, I'm sorry. And then, like I said, we're not all perfect. Even the pastors or leaders are not. We make mistakes too. But I'm sure Pastor Philip would tell you, if he's wrong, I'm sorry. And, that's, and let's get on and get on with the job and let's see the church grow at a thousand people. Amen? Amen. Leaders feel the love. Leaders also feel the wrong spirit. They feel the love, but free, leaders can always feel, also feel the wrong spirit. If there's an undercurrent going on, let me tell you something, and I'm a leader, we can tell. There's something going on. There's something up. And you can't perhaps put your finger on it, but eventually, if you don't, if you don't, if you get, if it doesn't, eventually it comes to light. Because I believe that as leaders, we should bring things to a crisis to get them dealt with. Don't, don't, don't tolerate, annihilate, bring it to a crisis and deal, it, deal with it. Because they can feel the, the wrong spirit as well. Because God has given us a heart, you and I, God has given us a heart to love our leaders. That's why we're here. Amen? Love God, love the lost, but hey, love one another. We, we often say, we often talk about, hey, I love God, love people, love the lost, but what about loving one another? Because unless we love one another, and that doesn't mean sloppy agape, you know, just anything goes. No, we can love one another and be corrected by one another and, and, and get on with the job. I love my wife. I've been married 40 years. Do you think Mark and I agreed on everything? <laughs> Do you think, you think there's a day goes by that Mark and I hasn't a disagreement? Anybody here, you never argue together? I know. I hope, I hope not because it wouldn't be right. There's something wrong with your marriage. Either the woman's dominating or the man's dominating, you're afraid to talk. But I'll tell you, I reckon Mark and I disagree every day of our lives. And I know I'm right. But I'm wise. And I just keep my mouth shut and I think, okay, that woman will learn sooner or later. I'm kidding. Look, I see, I'm only kidding, honest. Honest, I'm kidding. I love my wife and, and she's far smarter than I am, trust me. But, you know, love God, love the lost, and love each other. Because the truth is we have come too far to see through each other, but to see each other through. We've been together too long, some of us, not to see through each other, but let's see each other through the the bad times and the good times. So number one, love them. Number two, cover them. This doesn't mean cover up for them. Are you with me? There's a difference. But cover them. Don't allow anybody to talk bad about your pastors. I don't care if it's your sister, if it's a family member, if it's a friend, the closest friend you've had for years. If they start talking about your pastor, you have their right to stop them in the tracks and say, hey, don't talk about my pastor. I was in, an office, I was in a post office years ago, and, and this lady was ahead of me. It was in our church. And she saw me, and she turned around, and she started talking about my pastor. And I said, honey, stop. You're talking about my friend. How dare you talk to me about my friend? If you get something to say about the pastor, go and tell him yourself. And I was angry with her, you know. And, but I, I, just let her, I just let her know. I got so angry because she was so adamant to tell me what she thought. I thought, I thought I'll just be the same back. And I said, hey, if you have anything to say about my pastor and my friend, go and see him. She never did because she, people like that, they tell everybody else except the person involved. They don't cover for them. 
they exposed them. In First Chronicles 16.22, it says, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. And the truth is, it doesn't mean to say we just let anything go, and you, you follow people with blind faith and loyalty. You can't follow a person that's doing something illegal. You can't follow a pastor that's doing something wrong or committing adultery or doing something stupid. You've you got to have enough sense. But the truth is, if your pastor is doing a great job for God, even though you might have some questions, but you're not, you don't understand everything, love them. Cover for them. Cover for them. Because the truth is, it will be better for us all. But, they were, you know, but like I said, it doesn't mean cover up for them. It means cover them. Are you with me? Can I hear an amen? amen. Can I hear a feel you? Can I hear I love the nursery? I believe that's the word of the Lord tonight. Somebody here, you're going to work in the nursery for the rest of your life. I'm kidding. Molly. Where is Molly? Oh, good. Uh, it's a good thing there, Molly. I was looking for you. Did you hear for the word of the Lord here tonight? Good. Yeah. That's right. That's a bad sign. You know what happens when people leave the church? This is true. They sit in the front. And then the next thing you see them sitting in the back. And the <laughs> Don't let the door hit you for the good Lord split you. Thank you. I, listen, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, Molly, I know Molly. But the truth is, that's true. I watch people, and they're sitting in the, you know, the front three rows, and all of a sudden, you see them in row number 10. Now, what happens with us? We have two campuses. We've got the main campus in Great Neck Road, and we've got the other campus in Seaboard Road. And what happens with us sometimes? They disappear to Seaboard Road. But that's the way out. They're only there for a season because they've left Great Neck. They're down to Seaboard. It's a smaller church. And then the next thing, they're out. So we know how it works. You know what I'm saying? So, Molly, we've got your, we've got your eyes upon you. Even if you don't understand fully what they're asking of you, Listen, you've got to say, Pastor Philip, I trust you. Now, like I said, if it's illegal, it's not a case of trust. You, you know, don't be so open-minded your brain's falling out. You know? But you've got to trust. You've got to trust. Verse 6, Jonathan said, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. He didn't promise anything. But he trusted God because he'd seen God in the past. He'd heard, Jonathan had heard David tell the stories about how God delivered him. And because he, God delivered him, he thought he could do it again. The young armor, and the Bible says it was a young armor bearer. It was, he was training. He was in training. But he knew enough about his master to say, I'm with your heart and soul. I'm with your heart and soul. The funny thing is, you know, the, the, the word goes around that Saul had captured the garrison. Saul didn't capture the garrison. It was Jonathan that captured the garrison. Saul was hiding in his tent, and Jonathan did the work. And sometimes you'll get other people taking the glory when it's not their glory at all. That's beside the point. You have to trust a person to give them your heart. It's like a marriage, isn't it? You've got to trust your spouse in order to just give them the heart. And sometimes it's hard for people to trust because they've had, they've had bad experiences in the past. Maybe you've been in churches in the past when you, 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 you've had, trusted your pastor and the things have happened and unfortunate things have happened. But the truth is you've got to gain that trust again because we are people, we love to trust. Human people, nature loves to trust. And even though you're broken and you've had a bad experience, you can't let that stop you. You've got to get your trust back again. Amen? Because that might happen one time, it might never happen again the rest of your life. In that situation. 
You've got to trust them. Look at the track record and get a glimpse of who they are. I had talked to someone tonight and they said, oh, we love Pastor Philip because we've been with him for years and we've seen what he does. We, we know how he thinks and we, 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 he's proved he's real. And uh, that's great for somebody to say that about your pastor, you know, because I know Philip. I've known Philip since a little boy. And I mean, I know Philip when Philip used to say amen, you know, dada, mama. And uh, the truth is, I really do know Philip and I know he's the genuine article. He's genuine. He loves God. He'll make mistakes probably. That's fine. We all make mistakes. But he's a genuine man. And Kelly, I know a little bit better. And I'm sure Philip knew her before, before they got married and trusted her and realized that it would make a great couple together. And so you've got to trust them. Number one, you've got to love them. Number two, you've got to cover them. Number three, you've got to trust them. Number four, you've got to serve them. We are here to serve. We're not here to serve our own desires. We're here to serve the big picture. Or sometimes make decisions. The big picture decisions might affect our small team decisions, but realize the big picture is always the big picture. We're talking about a thousand people church, right? So if our team has to change because of the thousand people church, then we change it. That's what you do. You just understand you've got to be flexible. You've got to be flexible. Serve them wholeheartedly. You know, and, and if, cause like I said again, if you build God's house, he'll build yours. You know, when I, when, before uh, Pastor Steve came to Virginia Beach, I was, I was my own boss for 30 years. I was an evangelist. I had my own Cameron Family Ministries, and I could do what I liked. I could get up when I wanted. I had my office, and I just, but when Steve came, God spoke to me and said, I want you to align yourself to that man. And I give up my freedom to work in a job, a nine-to-five job. Now, I still travel some, obviously I'm here. But the truth is, I give up what I was, my boss, my, be my own boss, to come under another boss because the vision was bigger than I was. And, and realize that. We're, we're in a big vision. We're, vision is big. And we're here because we're in a vision bigger than ourselves. Like I said in the first, uh, the first uh, uh, session, if your vision is not bigger than yourself, change your vision. It should always be bigger than yourself. So learn to serve them. Learn to serve them. You know, Ruth and Oprah. Orpah. Remember the kid with the crossroads and Ruth? And uh, the Bible says that Orpah kissed her, but Ruth, Naomi that is, Naomi and, and Ruth. Orpah kissed her. And left. Well, Ruth hugged her and never left her. There's a kiss. There's a difference between a kiss and a commitment. Orpah kissed her, but with no commitment. Ruth kissed her and claved to her, the Bible said. It hung on to her. And she said, your God will be my God. Wherever you go, I'll go. Your God will be my God. And the truth is, you never hear Orpah again. But you do hear a Ruth. Because Ruth is in the lineage. In Luke chapter 1, she's in the lineage of Jesus. Because she did the right thing. She stood by her leader and they went and she went in and trusted her mother in law. Are you with me? That's a message in itself. Kiss her commitment. I'll maybe preach that one more time. Sharon Kelly, our pastor's wife, she's a senior pastor as well. She was down the beach one day and they're not long here at Virginia Beach. And this girl saw her, this young girl, maybe 18 or 20 years old. She ran over to Sharon and said, Hey, you're Sharon Kelly. You go to my church. And Sharon said, I've never felt better than somebody saying, you go to my church. Because, you know, it's one thing to say, I go to, I go to Heartsea's church. It's a great church. It's far better to say, I go to Heartsea's church. It's my church. Because that means you're taking ownership. That means you're serving. That means you're, you're in there with all your heart and soul. Are you with me? Yeah. 
So just understand, serve them wholeheartedly. And finally, number five, honor them. Honor them. Realize that the presence of God, that they're a godly couple, they're the set couple. Honor, honor their privacy. Understand, you know, we, our, our days off are Monday. And we tell people, unashamedly, don't call us on a Monday. We're not going to call you back. That's our day off. We're, we're, we're involved with people all week long. Our lives not our own. And, then we, and understand, the bigger the church, the more people call. And we just tell them, if you call on Monday, we won't get back to you until Tuesday. When we get back in the office. Because you've got, and people have got to understand, you need your time off too. You need to have your time with your family and your friends. And, and you know, it's just under, give them their privacy. Honor their children, not just them. Understand their children have to, be, have to be honored as well. Because they're part of the journey for them. And many times people love the pastor and their wife and the spouse, but they don't care for the children. But no, no, if, you're, if you really want to honor and, and get behind Philip and Kelly, honor their children as well. Honor their children. Realize that they're, they're on the journey with their parents. Amen? Amen. You're very quiet. Numbers 12. Aaron and Miriam murmur against Moses. The Bible says in Numbers that Moses was the most humble man on earth. It's really funny because Moses actually wrote Numbers. He wrote it about himself. Moses was the most humble man on the face of God's earth. Ever so humble, be it ever so humble, you know. I'm proud to be humble. Humble brag. <laughs> there you are. I'm not that old. I know that language. Humble brag. And uh, so anyway, Miriam and, and, and uh, Aaron started to complain about Moses. Who does he think he is? And the Bible says that God heard them, and God was angry, and came down and spoke to him and said, Why do you talk about my man? Why do you talk about my servant Moses? Now, I'm going to tell you something. When you understand we need to honor our pastors and not talk about them and not gossip about them, but be right behind them and help them. Amen? Uh, and I'm going to, I'll just give you the points. Number six, pray for them. Pray for them. And number seven, be generous to them. Be generous to them. Listen, when it's Pastor Appreciation Day, don't just treat it lightly. Do it right. If you're going to give my gift, give my gift worth giving. Amen? Now, people, some people can't afford a lot, but give it with all your heart. The widow of the two mites give all she had. And Jesus took note of what people gave that day. So be generous. Have a generous spirit. Have a generous heart. Because if you're generous to your pastors, you, and, and you respect them, and you honor them, and you cover them, I'm going to tell you, they'll grow, and they'll, they'll, they'll be better than ever before. And, and uh, you know, I know that probably feel uncomfortable sitting here tonight, but I don't, I don't care. Because they never asked me to do it, and I, I can honestly say, I, I believe this, because we teach this in our church. And there's a book out there called A Glass of Water by a, and by a, a pastor called Andy Elms, A Glass of Water. And I tr- I sh- every one of you should get that book and read it. It's a good friend of mine. He's from England. It's called A Glass of Water. It's about honoring your pastors. It, it'll give you a far more detail than I've given you tonight. But you should get it. A Glass of Water, Andy Elms, E-L-M-E-S. And you can get it, you might get it on Amazon or some of these places. If not, you can give us Philip and I'll get them for you. But anyway, did you enjoy that? Any questions, any answers? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. 
At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.